Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. You just have to make sure that you're either playing with money that you are prepared not wanting, but prepared to potentially lose if you're going to go into property development. This is Property Investory, where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shum and in this episode, we continue the conversation with property developer Louise Fitzgerald-Baker, where we'll be delving into her development process the organizational habits she keeps in place, the important life lessons she's learned and how she's applied that to her property developments. Despite not being able to narrow down to a particular aha moment, Fitzgerald Baker shares that following her instincts when building allowed her to realize the beauty of property developing. I think there was one occasion where we were doing 12 units on a site and I really, as a boutique developer, I was very careful in my design phase. I would always, coming from a market research background, I would anticipate trends that were not here yet and build for what was to come and not currently in the market rather than copying what was already there. And on this particular block, they had the most beautiful Ponciana tree to the front. And I remember, and we had the ability and permission to remove it, but I remember thinking, oh, it'd be so beautiful though if we kept it. And some of my colleagues were saying, you're mad, you're mad, you know, you could have really... You could squeeze a few more units on that block, you know, keeping the tree. It's too sentimental. You're thinking with your heart, not with your head. However, I couldn't bring myself to remove this beautiful 80-year-old Ponciana tree with bright orange flowers. So we des- I designed the, prop- the project around it. We had an 11-metre setback, not a 6-metre setback, and we went to council, council cap in hand and said, we we really want to keep the tree. Would you give us a relaxation on the number we can put behind it so that we're not penalised for keeping the tree? And they really came to the party. They saw the sentimentality of what I was trying to achieve and they really applauded it. And so we built this block of units, townhouse, well, yeah, they were essentially units but with large gardens for the ones to the front, almost like townhouses, and it was only three storeys but essentially around this beautiful tree and we used the colour schemes to contrast. So it was a dark blue so that it could help, the, it would it, with against the orange flowers it would just pop and the council loved it, the, our clients, the buyers loved it and it just it's been timeless and has held the test of time. So yeah, that was probably an example where 
everything just came together beautifully and seamlessly. She adds that it was this particular project that she was able to work with the council rather than against it, highlighting the benefits of good intentions and clear communication. We had no obligation to keep the tree, so it was a refreshing and untested terrain actually to go to council and say, this is the design we'd like to put in and do we have your blessing to do so? But what we needed from them was in, in not building further forward, could we still create the design using the space that we had left and would they... Would they allow that to happen? And in this particular case, the council really loved it. They said, we see what you're trying to achieve. It's boutique. It's different. It's it's beautiful. So, yes, we, we will allow you to, to save the tree, do an 11-metre setback, give you the, that relaxation, but give you the ability to do the number of units you would have had otherwise. And so... That was a real lesson in there are sometimes human beings on the other side of you. Sometimes we can we can assume that as property people that we're on one side of the fence and council's on the other and it can feel a little adversarial sometimes. But I have found that if you have the right intentions then and, and you're able to articulate clearly what you're trying to achieve and you speak to the the people that have a similar philosophy to you they can listen, which has been really refreshing. Discussing her jump into property development, Fitzgerald Baker shares the steps she took to gain the confidence she needed to kickstart her property career. I was reading Property Investor magazine uh, cover to cover every month that it came out and would study it and read it. And then I'd go to a lot of auctions and watch the property prices. And I studied the market for eight months before I bought my first property. I was hellishly conservative. I had a lot to lose. So I wasn't going to bet the house uh, unless I felt really confident that the market would be supportive of what I was trying to achieve. And then I think I got to the stage where I just thought, I feel I know intellectually everything that I can probably know about this. I now really need to throw myself in and just do it because it's a bit like you can read about what a cake tastes like, you can see pictures of it, but unless you bite into it, you really can't say you've had an experience of what that tastes like. And it's a little bit the same. You can you can devour as many magazines and journals and articles and blogs and vlogs and, and turn yourself inside out. But at some point, you just have to play. And that was really where I got to. And that's really with his blessing. And We've been tested over the years. There's been the old project where we've had to look at each other and he's gone, yep, okay, we'll ride this through. So we, you, need, you need that support because it would be terrible for a party to be a fair-weather friend where they just say, yes, I'll support you if you win and if you don't, I'll remind you of it every other day. That would not be fun at all. Discussing the importance of being mentally prepared for a loss, she also shares why we should appreciate the abundance of profitable opportunities we have today. You just have to make sure that you're either playing with money that you are prepared, not wanting, but prepared to potentially lose if you're going to go into property development 
Um, that no one ever expects to, but you just have to be mindful of the risk. And not everyone has that appetite. Not everyone has an appetite for risk. But as I said, back in those days, property was the vehicle to be able to catapult your position from just surviving to actually getting ahead. And that's really why I chose it because it was familiar to me. It made sense. And it was an avenue that I'd seen could take you from survival to thriving. And that's that's really where I wanted to be. Whereas these days, as you know, there's a lot of other vehicles. There are online businesses, direct selling, virtual franchising, affiliate marketing. There's so many other ways that you can generate cash flow from home and in your own time and space. But back in the days that in the 80s, when you know, 90s, um, when, and when really when I started developing was really 2007, it, it wasn't. It wasn't like that. We didn't have that many avenues. So I had to just play with the chips that I was dealt. Thinking back to her first project, Fitzgerald Baker outlines the research process she went through before locking down on that first development. I had done my research. I bought two prop. I bought two. I had two houses side by side, three k's from the city. I thought, well, they're not going to go down in value, and they were already zoned low to medium residential. So I knew I could do something with it. So my first point was uh, getting my foot on it, getting a sense of what was possible, finding through town planners what what is possible and probable for that block, and then once I got a sense of the price then I the first part was just getting my foot on it so securing it under contract with a clause that would give me the ability to do my due diligence safely but secure the secure the deal in the meantime and at the time I had a one and a half year old and a five and a half year old and a seven a seven year old and so I remember being there with the baby when we were doing this deal and it was really, you don't know what you don't know sometimes, Tyrone. Like looking back, it was a really gutsy move. But at the time, I remember thinking, this really would work. You know, I can't see a reason why it can't work. I've done my research. It's three Ks from the city. It's zoned accordingly. I think it's really got a 99% chance of doing very well for us. And so what followed on that particular deal, it wasn't seamless, but it was a three-year project uh, a lot went right and a lot went wrong and it changed my life at the end of it. And how the success of that deal helped launch her property career. So I didn't know what I didn't know. It was 2007. It was a high point in the market in Brisbane. It was 3Ks from the city and it was um, a property along the rail line and it was two houses. One was really a ranch angle house that had to be pulled down and was an eyesore to the front. And then there was quite a lovelier house to the back, which I moved and sold um, off the property. And then what I had designed and I, I had envisaged was I was going to put two freehold townhouses to the front and then eight body corporate or you know ones to the back. And uh that's, and then I'd sell the front to for more of a premium because they were on the street quite a bit from the rail. And then the ones along the rail, they would sell for a you know, more affordable pricing. So that was how I was, um, I had envisaged it working. And at the time, I remember the bank ended up, well, you know, we had no experience, I had no experience and we hadn't costed in the GST and I remember having a conversation with my bank manager and he said, well, who's paying the GST? And I said, well, I'm not, I haven't got it. And he said, well, we're going to have to then. 
are testing this amazing outcome to not only luck but the state of the market during that time. Fitzgerald Baker shares the life-changing realization that this particular project gave her. It was the timing was quite lucky, so that um, someone like myself with virtually no experience, but with a lot of research, and I guess I could talk my way through it to the banks to sell it to the banks. Um, I had the ability to then go for it, and I had to use all our all our property, you know, our, our home. Uh, we borrowed against everything we had, so that's where we really had to put our money where our mouth is, and that's where I had to get my husband's blessing to say, "Well, if we lose, we lose it all, right?" Um, and essentially, on that one, I ended up going with a builder that I knew and trusted. Um, the, that was the good news. The bad news was he had a foreman that wasn't trustworthy, and um, you know he was losing money on that job, and the foreman wasn't turning up, and he was selling air conditioning. <laughs> units through other vehicles. It was really quite dodgy. But um, in the end, and so the build was delayed, 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 delayed. And I remember thinking, is this ever going to end? And then eventually we finished it and we were just in time to release into the global financial crisis. (laughs) And I just thought, oh, here we go. But I ended up selling the front two and I sold them and we, we made the profit that we expected and we refinanced the back and then eventually went on to sell them. But that actual project meant that after three years of living hand-to-mouth, eating baked beans and just having to just to really, really be mindful about you know, I was working a full-time job plus managing this project on the side and my husband was working and we had three small children. It was a really heady time. But when we got to the end of it, I remember we had sold the front to pretty much pay down the majority of the remaining debt, refinanced against the rest, and we were financially, I remember the bank said, you're financially free. You know, this is, you know, and we could have just held those units and really had a nice steady income and not replaced a wage forever. Um, And so I remember thinking, wow, this property gig is amazing. That is amazing. And it felt almost um, like being in a really dark place for several years and then suddenly getting to the end and the light, we came through that tunnel and we could see the light and I suddenly, and then that really took off my property development career. So I went on to build about $42 million worth of property over the next 10 years during school hours while the kids were at school. And, And that. And that's sort of what the game I played. So that really um, gave me the confidence and courage for my, you know, and for investors as they began investing with me in the early days, they uh, were sophisticated investors and they knew of my level of experience. And so, you know, some of their returns and some of the projects were a 65% annualised return in compensation for them trusting me before I had the runs on the board. And then once I got the runs on the board, I got more sophisticated in the way I could structure it so that I wasn't paying as much money for money. And that, you know, and that's often the trade-off you have to make between experience and trust. Coming up after the break, we'll delve into why Louise Fitzgerald Baker has stepped away from property. You know, I've actually stepped aside from the property for this mark for this time in the market because I often work within a within a radius of where I live. She shares more details about her book. The book itself was about generational resilience, money one hundred and one, 
and how to recover your position when life deals you a blow you didn't expect. And that's next. I'm Tyrone Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. Hey podcast listeners, are you interested in small investments with big profits? If the answer is yes, then register your interest at propertyinvestory.com. When you sign up, you'll receive deals at wholesale price which I've negotiated with the vendor. These deals generate positive cash returns from day one and I only send these out exclusively to my community. To find out more, visit propertyinvestory.com. Now back to the show. Despite having had so much success as a property developer, Fitzgerald Baker shares why she's decided to step away from property developing and what her current focus is. You know, I've actually stepped aside from the property for this mark for this time in the market because I often work within a within a radius of where I live so that I can be intimately involved with the deals rather than working interstate because I'm bringing up a family as well. And so for me, the risk became disproportionate to the return for the area that I was working with unless I decided to move into a different asset class and just do house and land developments or something slightly different and I didn't want to move into a different avenue. And also my, my stage of life changed, you know, so I'm now at a point where I thought, no, I really want to go into cash flow positive businesses and opportunities that have virtually no risk and so I change, I've changed what I'm doing next. So in regards to that, I wrote the book, The Pink Hard Hat, Building the Resilient Woman. And that's really the story of generational resilience across the three generations of women in my family. And my mother is one story I've shared with you today. But there was also, it started with my grandmother and then it goes on. And then I've got three daughters and how I'm teaching, educating and equipping them to grow into this world and know and understand and use money as a teammate. Drawing from her own story and the stories of the women in her life, Fitzgerald Baker shares why educating individuals and more particularly women has become an important goal for her. The book itself was about generational resilience, money 101 and how to recover your position when life deals you a blow you didn't expect and then how in raising the next generation, what are we doing? So I wrote that book and then have seen in the last year we we launched that in February National Australia Bank launched the book and I've been speaking and doing a lot of uh, speaking to corporates and companies about really uh, leadership growth uh, financial contribution women's roles in that and all of those pockets so that's really been an area that I'm working with now virtual franchising um, and other income streams, particularly I have a heart for helping women uh, make a financial contribution while, you know, as their life shifts and changes. So that's been a real passion for me. And I guess, you know, in the future, so I still have property. I've now stepped back into a silent, more investing role, both in residentially and commercially, and just sit and and wait the market out until it becomes more compelling and irresistible to play. And then um, when I do go back into it, it will be in a different space. I anticipate it will be more around tiny housing and uh, housing for 
pockets of the community that are not currently accommodated with great dignity. So the fastest growing homeless demographic in this country is women over 55 and that's really alarming and scary for me to, to see and I can't really sit by and watch that. So I'm really certain that my future will my future will involve somehow and um, being part of a solution for that demographic so that they can age with dignity in places that they're proud to be in. Talking about the various types of developments she's completed, Fitzgerald Baker discusses the importance of devoting her attention to individual rather than multiple projects at any given time. I did everything from four packs to 12 packs to up to 30 units in, in a block um, and I used my intuition to be able to anticipate what the market wasn't currently seeing enough of yet and building to that. And then I only did one development at a time. I found I did try, I did go through a period where I'd do multiple, but I found for me particularly was the risk I and I just wanted to give all my time, care and attention to one at a time and that worked really well for me. And then just basically carefully stepping once, not getting ahead of myself and not getting caught up in it because when you're in property development, it can be really can become you really go into it. I went into it for lifestyle, Tyrone. I went into it because I was very mindful of the world I wanted to create for me and my family. And the level, the pink hard hat is a metaphor for insulation, you know, to insulate yourself. When you go onto a work site, you wear a hard hat to protect what's important. And you wear a high vis vest to stay feasible and steel cap boots to give you confidence to wherever you want to walk on the site. And my message to women is wear the hat stay visible in your relationships and be confident enough to walk freely in constructing the life that you want to design. Fitzgerald Baker shares that individuals should maintain a mindset that not only allows them the confidence to invest or develop but also appreciate the journey and its rewards. I think that essentially, you know, from, from, from that side, it's about mindfully creating the world you want to be in rather than just getting caught in the hamster wheel of oh I finished a deal now I'll throw all my money into the next deal and then you almost heave into the next deal and cannot enjoy it so I was really deliberate about starting a project loving the project you know really enjoying the design and what I was going to create I would celebrate the end of a project with a, with a great party and invite everyone that was part of it and we would almost burst the project. And then I would celebrate with my family because it can often be a long time between drinks. It could be three years and sometimes you get to the end of that three years and you didn't make money and sometimes you did and the chip would come in very well and sometimes it was just a small boat but we would just say, right, what are we going to do with that? And then I was very mindful about enjoying those times because I didn't want to be one of those people that just went, oh, one deal, done, now the next deal, now the next deal, because then why are we doing it? You know, then we just become, we're just in a job then. <laughs> we know we just bought ourselves a job. You know, the whole reason you, the whole reason we, we choose this vehicle, much like any other vehicle, whether it be direct selling or whatever it is, is because we want to we want a lifestyle and we want money working for us not us working for money to the point where where we forget to enjoy what what the whole point is 
Providing such an insight into the value of property developing, Fitzgerald Baker shares whether there were any mentors that influenced her. I have a brother in property um, and he's six years ahead of me and he's really big on the marketing side. So obviously, but as a mentor, maybe not because he was sort of on such a bigger level than me that uh, he he's, his experiences didn't transport to my little world because my projects were all really small in contrast. You know, they're under 5 million or under 10 million and his projects were way bigger. So it almost didn't translate. I think there was another case where on a big project I did have a mentor just see me through that and sometimes it helps and, and sometimes um, sometimes it's just interesting to see that you, it gives you the confidence to know you're actually going to be okay, that you actually know more than you think you do. And I read a lot and but really I guess I didn't have strong, it was really just what I read and who I surrounded myself with and just being clear on my own journey. However, while Fitzgerald Baker shares there's no one particular mentor, she does give credit to the resources that assisted her. Well, the Property Investor Magazine, obviously my, my brother's book, which is Seven Steps to Wealth, he's uh, amazing and has written that book. That's a great one um, and is all about you know buildings uh, don't appreciate but land does. Um for me, Property Investor Magazine was useful because it showed a lot of people doing the deals that I was wanting to do and it gave the numbers. And at the time, I was hungry for that detail to know I'd be okay. So wherever you can get access to information that is an open book on the numbers as well, I think Barefoot Investor was a great book as well. Um, really enjoyed that. And because it, it, it sort of simplifies the journey of just one step ahead at a time and also know know what financial abundance is for you. It may not be a big house. Some of us can be overcommitted with that. It might be the simplicity of knowing that you're going to be okay, you've got your house paid off as humble as it is and you're able to travel and be present with your kids. There's so much in that and the older I get, the more I realise the importance of that, that it's not about money and wealth because that's the whole point. Then you know when you can leave. Then you can step get elegantly away and say, I've had enough, thank you. I'm ready to play a different game. I'm ready to do something else. And I, my whole identity is not tied up with this deal or being necessarily a property developer. It's okay because I'm reinventing myself for my next chapter. On another note, Fitzgerald Baker shares the best advice she's received and how you should take this advice into consideration during your own journey. I think just one step at a time. Take it one day at a time, one step at a time. Don't get too ahead of yourself and enjoy the journey along the way would probably be it. And don't compare yourself to what others are doing. Just keep your own, keep your blinkers on so that you stay in your own lane. We all have a lane on this highway and we all have different cars and we're all going at different speeds and some of us pull over and others are speeding along and it can be easy to be distracted um, at what others are doing and how fast they're going and the car they're driving but I would just say stay in your own lane and be mindful of the pace you want to go at and the vehicle you want to use and be part of and and and, and the music you play while you're doing it. So really just be at peace with that and 
surround yourself with people that are doing that already. Today with podcasts like yours and Instagram and Facebook groups and everything, you've got so much more at your fingertips than I had growing, you know, growing in this business Mm -hmm. and people are way more reachable than they used to be. So use that to your advantage but without becoming overwhelmed. While taking her journey one step at a time has undoubtedly helped catapult her career, she also highlights how a personal habit of maintaining a routine has allowed her to stay productive in both her personal and professional life. I do the same things every day. I think consistency is helpful in a world that can be strategic and change quickly. And so for me to keep, I had to work out what helps me keep a cool head and so for me, it's little things. I, I wake up at a certain hour, I make sure I run seven or eight Ks, I put my headphones in and I'm listening to positive, uplifting music or podcasts or information. Um, I come home, I clean the house until 8.30, which sounds really strange, but and then I go to work. I take a cup of tea and hopefully I don't spill it on my keyboard and I go to work <laughs> and I go to work and then I literally work until um, the, the children finish school and then I have time and space with them and go into the evening being available to the kids. And it sounds like a really strange way of talking even about housework, but what I actually found was if I contained those aspects within a day, I could return to a home that was ordered and everything, it just seemed to me that I could cope with anything. When the house was organised, everything was ordered, I could build wealth between school hours and then create a nice home as well, which sounds really old-fashioned now I'm saying it out loud, but that's that's what's worked for me, those little habits of making sure I was contained, the house was contained, everything else was running smoothly and then whatever happened in the business between those hours, I could manage it. See, that's how it worked for me. Reminiscing 10 years into the past, Fitzgerald Baker delves into the advice she would have given herself in hindsight and how she's imparting this knowledge onto her daughters now. I would have said, enjoy the ride, girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Multiple income streams. Uh, That's really the big lesson for me. And that's what I'm teaching my girls. My daughters are now 19 and 17 and for them, I've already got them learning about multiple income streams, learn to generate income from multiple stations in life so that, you know, as you evolve and become parents and become whatever it is next, that that money doesn't ever become something that you feel is going to hold you back, that you've got that magic superpower that you can generate income in whatever you're doing and that's what I teach my kids so that they're confident as they navigate their way through life and they never feel beholden and they're never in a situation or a job or a relationship where they're feeling less because financially they can't squeeze out of it. On a final note, Fitzgerald Baker shares why she believes that the recipe to successful property investing comes not only from skill, hard work or luck but rather a combination. There really is an element of luck in this. I would love to say it's all about your skill and intelligence and hard work, but property is a game and sometimes you just need a little bit of luck or God or universe or whatever you want to call it because there are times where, and there's an element where it's out of your control and 
it's difficult to put a proportion to it. I I really come from the places I do, I, I do think if you have the personality, personality is another part, like skill and intelligence and is one thing. But to be honest, I think it's as much about discipline, your personality, tenacity and just, yeah, I think if you've got the discipline, personality and tenacity, then no matter what life will dish up, whether it's the 2011 floods, whether it's the 2009 GFC, whether it's the war on terror, you know, a couple of years ago when, you know, husband leaves stage left, whatever it is that life dishes up, you've got the wherewithal to grow through it and not implode. And that is really a function of discipline, tenacity and personality. Showcasing these exact qualities throughout her own property journey and with so much advice to give, you can reach out to Louise Fitzgerald Baker through the following avenues. I'm on the, the pinkhardhat.com.au and that has all my events and you can get the book from that website as well. The uh, I'm on Facebook, so Louise Fitzgerald Baker, the Pink Hard Hat Financially Independent Women is on Facebook and Instagram, if you're on Instagram, I'm at Lou Fitzbaker. So all of those places, they can find me and reach out. I'm very accessible and I just wish all of them, both you know, men and women, I know you, you've got a whole whole group of listeners out there, I just wish them really all the best. I wish you all the best in that journey and, and the property is an amazing vehicle. It can take you to the place where you, you need to be and it's such an exciting, it's such an exciting journey. So... Um, I wish them the best as they go on it. Thank you to Louise Fitzgerald Baker, our guest on this episode of Property Investory. If you want to hear more about her journey, then visit our website at propertyinvestory.com. Also, are you interested in small investments with big profits? If the answer is yes, simply text me your email address to 0499881040 to register your interest. When you sign up, you'll receive deals at wholesale price which I've negotiated with the vendor. These deals generate positive cash returns from day one and I only send these out exclusively to my community. To find out more, text me your email address on 0499881040. Thanks for listening.